Good morning. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. I want to thank you all for being here today, especially our guests who are with us. Whether you're here in person or watching online or listening to our podcast, we're just grateful that you're here today and we're glad to see you. Uh, as Cole said, we are in this series. Uh, the Bible doesn't say that. In fact, we're wrapping up that series today and I hope it's been meaningful for you. It's kind of been fun for me to just think about some of the phrases that we throw out in our culture and attribute to the Bible, but that aren't really in there. And so we've had a lot of fun trying to examine what the Bible really does say. So we're going to finish that out today. And uh, before we jump in, just would invite you to join me in a moment of silent prayer that I would deliver God's word today, that we would all hear it and allow God to transform our lives. Let's pray about that together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll tell you a story about a man named Kino who lived in Mexico with his wife, Juana. They had a little baby infant son uh, that had just been born. They're super excited about that. They didn't have a lot of money. Kino uh, went, uh, was a pearl diver. He dove for pearls in the ocean uh, and would then sell them in the local town to make money. They lived in kind of a thatch hut near the ocean. Uh, not a lot of material wealth, but they were wealthy in relationships. They loved each other, had family in the town. They had good friends there. And so uh, their lives were going along pretty well. Uh, but their, their infant son one, one day was stung by a scorpion, which as a parent, I'm sure, would be horrified. And so they, they, they bundled him up and took him into town to where the doctor was. And before they could even get into the gated part of where the doctor lived, uh, some of his servants turned them away saying, we're sorry, uh, but uh, you don't have enough money to pay for these services. We know that. And so you're going to need to find somewhere else to go. So, of course, they were horrified and, you know, depressed about that. And so they went and they tried to, you know, do some home cures kind of a thing, you know. And so that, that seemed to help the baby for a little while. And, you know, just praying about that, hopefully that their son was going to be okay, maybe find some money where they could get him back to the doctor and just try these home remedies in the meantime. Well, next day, Kino had to go to work. So he went out, got on his canoe, went out over the water and went diving for pearls that day. Juana was home taking care of their son and praying that it'd be a good day for her husband, maybe to find uh, some pearls that would get them some money. They could go to the doctor and take their boy back there. So Kino goes down and he comes up with the biggest pearl that anyone uh, who's a pearl diver in that area had ever seen. And he was super excited as he got to the surface and he swam to the beach and, and just called his fellow fishermen around and said, look at this pearl, it's just amazing. And they were all like, wow. Wow, how in the world did you find that? It's just incredible, Kino. You're going to make so much money. And they were excited for him, but I'm sure they're also a little bit jealous. You know, why wasn't it me? Why couldn't I have been the one down there to find that pearl? Because that's going to give them a lot of money. And so Kino rushed home and he showed it to Juana and they were super excited. Their neighbors had heard already. It's just a small community and the gossip had, had gotten ahead of him. And so all the people in the neighborhood were there. Let us see the pearl. Let us see the pearl. And he, he unwrapped the pearl for them like, wow. And, he just began to, to dream, but it was in kind of a braggadocious way saying, you know, wow, we're going to be able to provide for our son and we're going to be able to take him to the doctor. And, you know, we're, we've been married, but we never had a big church wedding. And so we're going to throw a big church wedding for ourselves and we're going to send our son to, you know, get an education. And, you know, he's going to supersede all that we've done. He won't have to die for pearls. And, you know, just a father dreaming out loud, but 
Again, it came across in a kind of braggadocious way, and so the neighbors were, you know, kind of jealous and a little troubled by that, and so they kind of dispersed back to, to their homes. And then, you know, pretty soon after the word had spread around the community, the, the priest uh, came in and, and said, Kino, we're, we're so glad to have you as part of our congregation, and, you know, we're glad you found that pearl, and don't forget the church, you know. And so he was already working that, oh my goodness gracious, you know, giving us a bad name. And uh, then the doctor comes and says, I was so sorry. You know, when you came, I was I was away and my servant should not have turned you away. And uh, let me see your son. And so the doctor, you know, with the, the promise of the wealth from the sale of that pearl is already starting to treat the child and, and you know, the baby's going to be okay and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, Juan is like, wow, my prayers have been answered. They've come true. And this is just such a great blessing for us. And so, that night, Kino uh, had buried the pearl underneath his sleeping mat to keep it safe. And it's a good thing he did because someone broke into the home and they were digging around in the corner and Kino woke up and, and he got in a fight and he had to defend the pearl and his family. And so he got all bloodied up, but the, the guy who was going to rob him kind of ran away and, and Juana begins to second guess and say, this, this, this may, may not be the, the blessing that I'd prayed for. I didn't realize it was going to bring, you know, physical harm, someone breaking in our home. And, you know, maybe we should throw the pearl back into the ocean. He's like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to sell this tomorrow. And so he went and he spoke with his brother and his brother warned him that when he goes to the local market, that the pearl buyers are probably going to conspire against him to, to make sure that the price is low, that whoever ends up giving him a price is not going to be a, a huge price to put the other people out of business, that sort of thing. And so, so sure enough, when Kino went to sell the pearl in the marketplace in the local town, all those pearl dealers had gotten together and, and they, they lowballed him on the offers. And so he was furious. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the Capitol. I'm going to sell it there and they're going to be trustworthy there. And so, you know, again, his wife, Juana, is really stressed about this and it's, it's becoming harder to deal with the pearl than she thought. And so that night when Kino was asleep, she grabbed the pearl and she snuck out and she was going to go throw it into the ocean. But Kino woke up and noticed that she was gone and the pearl was gone. And so he went and he ran and he caught her and he beat her beat his wife because she was trying to do something positive for the family and he regained the pearl. And it's just a very sad, you know, scene and, and thinking about what he's just done. And, but then a group of, of men come and they jump on him and they try to rob him of the pearl and he's fighting them off and he's trying to defend himself. And, and in all that process of that violence, he actually kills one of the guys who's trying to, to harm him. He hurts the others. They run off and and Juana's there in disbelief. She's been beaten up. She's now her husband is a murderer. And even though it was, you know, somewhat self-defense, they know that they're going to be labeled murderers and he's probably going to go to jail. And so they decide the best thing that we can do is to flee and, and to run away and, and, you know, go to the Capitol, try to sell the pearl, get some money and just relocate and start our lives over somewhere. So Kino goes to get his canoe ready so they can paddle away and and she runs to get the baby, get some things from the house, and she's on her way back. And, and he discovers when he gets to his canoe that it's all been broken up and beaten up, that, that the whole village seems to be against him. And so he goes back, and he's with, he's with Juana and the baby, and they see that their house now is on fire, and someone has torched their entire house. And so, so then they take refuge in, at his brother's house. 
And the word on the street is that they had died in the fire and they wanted everybody else to think that they were dead. So they, they laid low while he was staying with his brother and they made plans to flee to the capital on foot and, and try to get away. And, and so they sneak out of town late in the night and, and they're on their way, but, but someone spots them and, and pretty soon they, they alert some other folks and they send trackers after them to go and retrieve the pearl. And so Kino is a smart guy and he looks back and he can tell that someone's tracking him and following him. And so he takes his wife and son and puts them in a cave one night and he sneaks out and he's going to go find these three men that are tracking him down and, and he's creeping up on them and he's almost to the point that he, he can get them. But then his young infant son wakes up and starts crying. And so those guys who were following him, one of them takes a shot from his rifle and shoots into the cave before Kino can jump on them. And, and Kino is upon them and beating them up and, and he kills a couple of them. And, and, uh, and, and then he races back to, to see how his family is and he, and he gets there. And the one shot that was into the cave hit his son and killed him. And so now Kino and his wife, Juana, are absolutely dejected and heartbroken. And he's now a murderer. His son is now dead. And, and the whole town's out to get them. And, and so begrudgingly, they walk back to their village. And his wife cradles her now dead son in her arms, just this heart-wrenching scene. And, and they walk back just absolutely bloodied and dejected. And as they come into the village, people begin to see what they're doing. And the word spreads and and kind of a crowd follows behind them to see what they're going to do. And they go back down to the ocean and, and Kino reaches in and he pulls out the pearl and he looks at it one last time and he flings it into the ocean. And that's the end of this story, a novel by John Steinbeck called The Pearl. And it really calls into question, you know, what exactly is a blessing? What exactly is an answer to prayer? Right, so Kino and his wife, you know, they're poor and they're wanting to provide for their son and, and he is sick. He's been bitten by, stung by a scorpion and the doctor won't see him. They, you know, she says a prayer. They find this pearl. It's the biggest pearl ever, you know, ever found. It can bring them lots of wealth and, and ultimately it, it erodes their lives. And it turns out rather to be a blessing, it's a curse and and it takes everything that was in their life that was a blessing, their relationship. They, they loved each other. They were a strong family. They, they had some friends in the community. They had family in the community. And, and, and they probably would have figured out a way to get more treatment for their son. And, you know, all of that kind of stuff that really was the blessing in their life, they didn't see it that way until it was too late. And so the one thing that they thought they had prayed for, the one thing they thought would save them, the one thing that they thought was a blessing turned out to be the exact opposite of that. So I wonder in our own lives what we think blessings are. I wonder in our own life right now that, that we might be obsessed with getting something or, or pursuing something or, or praying for something that we think if we could just get this, then our life is going to be awesome. If we can just get this, then it's going to show that God favors us, that we're going to, 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 to be blessed, right? If we get into this college or we purchase this home or, or our child, you know, gets into you know, into this sports team or, you know, whatever it is that, that we're obsessing about that we think is going to be this great blessing that's going to change our life, that we're so focused on it, that it might be really more of a curse and it might be hiding us from what seeing what really is a blessing in our lives. You know, people who have won the lottery, like big time, like big money, right? Like most everyone who ever wins the lottery ends up saying, I wish I never won. 
I wish I never won a million dollars or $10 million or $20 million because it ruined my life. I thought it would be the greatest thing in the world, but it's absolutely ruined my life. So in our lives right now, what might be our pearl that we're chasing after that we want so badly, we think is going to be the best thing to happen to us that, that might be ruining our lives already right now? What, what might that be in our lives? And, you know, it's really caused me to stop and to think about, you know, what is a blessing? What is a blessing? How do we know it's from God? How do we know what a blessing is? Because, you know, in our culture right now, there's, there's a lot of folks who use the word blessed. You can go into a grocery store or go into the mall or go to a clothing store. And instead of someone saying, have a good day, they'll say, have a blessed day. And I think they mean really well by that, right? It's a spiritual kind of greeting. It's somehow more than a good day. It's tied to God has given us this day and let's be grateful. You know, we think about our lives and Thanksgiving's coming up and we're, we're, we call ourselves to count our blessings. You know, there's, there's hymns we sing, count them one by one. And so we'll be doing that for Thanksgiving next month. And if you're on social media a lot, you probably have seen the hashtag blessed, uh, that people share things that are happening in our lives on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and we hashtag it, right, to, 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 to draw attention to it, and we, and we write blessed. And, and there are a lot of people who hashtag things and, and for different reasons. It's interesting to see what people think are blessings in our lives. Like, you know, you, you can see a hashtag blessed for, hey, I just got into the graduate school of my choice. Now, my number one choice I got in, man, I am blessed, right? I'm going to tell my friends and family on social media, hashtag blessed. I, I saw one about somebody who's a yoga instructor, and they just got a job to teach yoga on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. Man, that would be fun. That'd be a great place to work, wouldn't it? And so, you know, hashtag blessed. That's awesome. I've seen grandparents and parents who are so excited about their new babies that they, they dress them in, you know, $100, $200 designer onesies. And we write, hashtag blessed. I'm so excited to have this, this birth in my, in my life. And it's so cool, right? Or, hey, I'm giving a TED Talk, hashtag blessed. Or, you know, uh, I'm closing on the house today, hashtag blessed. The surgery went well. You know, hashtag blessed. I just was one of the lucky ones to get in line to be guaranteed a pre-order of the new uh, iPhone X, right? Hashtag blessed. Saw one the other day, actual one that said, I was eating my bacon and lettuce and tomato sandwich and the bacon slipped out of the bread and I was able to catch it before it hit the ground. (laughs) Hashtag blessed. (laughs) I'm living my life right. Jesus loves me. He helped me save the bacon, right? Right. Hashtag blessed. And so I think in our culture, at least today, I'd like for us to think about that because the Bible talks about blessings. The Bible talks about being blessed. But I think sometimes we're misusing the word in our culture, right? And it's not the end of the world. We're not going to hell because of that, right? But, but I, I invite us to think about really in our lives as we count our blessings, as we consider ourselves blessed, you know, what does that look like? What, is it, what does it mean to be blessed? And I think we use the word in different ways. And I think sometimes we, we use it way too much and, and we've kind of watered it down. And so, you know, anywhere from having my mother survive cancer surgery to, to I'm catching some bacon before it hits the ground, we, we think those are all blessings. And so, you know, how do we use the word? I think, I think a lot of times we use it in a genuine way. 
I feel blessed because of my family. I feel blessed because of my church. I feel blessed because of my job. I feel blessed because I have a house. I feel blessed because I have food. And so we're genuinely wanting to, to share gratitude. And I think sometimes we, we use the word blessed instead of like life is good, like life is blessed, or I feel lucky, right? I feel blessed. And so, and so we use that sometimes. I think sometimes we use the hashtag blessed in social media as a passive aggressive way of, of, of bragging about ourselves but we do it in a humble way, right? Because my kid got straight A's again for the sixth time this year, right? Hashtag blessed. The Lord is just with him. He's just, just so smart. Hashtag blessed. And, and so, you know, you know my, my child, right, you know, made varsity basketball as a freshman, right? Hashtag blessed. I'm just so blessed to be this parent, right? right? So we do that. And, and it's okay to be excited about our kids and about our stuff and about what we're doing and you know, but just just if we're gonna brag, just be honest about it. I'm bragging, I'm happy, right? But we hashtag bless it. I think we also use the word bless sometimes as a passive aggressive way of insulting people. Uh, maybe you've done this, you know. You know, she, she's not smart enough to ever get out of the rain. Bless her heart, <laughs> you know. And so, uh, God, he, he is so ugly. He's never going to get a day in his life. Bless his heart, you know. And so, so we insult someone. We just absolutely carve them up, rip them to pieces, and then we, we justify it, make ourselves feel better by saying, bless their heart. You know? so, so we use the word bless in some very interesting ways. And so... I want to introduce you to a couple of different families today, and I want you to think about, are they blessed? And if so, how are they blessed? Okay, so I want to start um, with this family uh, that lives in Burundi, Africa, uh, and they are uh, the Batoy family, and uh, we got a picture of them, and they live in Burundi in Africa, uh, and it's a family of five. It's a mother. Uh, she is 41 years old, and she has four children. And they live uh, in a two-bedroom house that they own, that they built themselves. Uh, and she works as a farm laborer, and she works 60 hours a week doing farming. Uh, and she makes 27 U.S. dollars a month. She lives off of 27 U.S. dollars a month. She, she cares for her four children. Uh, she's working 60 hours a week doing that. In their house, two-room two house that they built, uh, there's no electricity and there's no running water. And so if you want to go to the bathroom, you've got to go to the outdoor toilet. Uh, if you'd like to have some water to drink or have some water to wash in or have some water to cook, it takes 40 minutes for them to go round trip to get water and to come back to the house. 80% of her salary, 80% of her salary of her $27 a month is spent on food. And they cook with wood to, to cook everything. And so 14 hours a week, she's outside gathering firewood. So she's working 60 hours a week. She's taking care of four children. She's making $27 a month. And she's spending 14 hours a week just getting firewood. And she's using the bathroom outside. She takes her 40 minutes, you know, round trip to get water for her family. Would, would you hashtag bless her? Would we in our country say, hey, I got to go to the bathroom outside again today, hashtag blessed, or wow, I'm bringing in $27 a month, hashtag blessed, right? Would we say that? We've got a picture of her children's toys, which is kind of misleading because they don't have any toys, and so uh, maybe they might have a book or two, but zero toys. Uh, got a picture of the stove that she cooks on, uh, and this is, this is her livelihood, and so um, this is a hardworking woman 
a hardworking single mother in Africa doing her best. Uh, and I'm guessing from an American standpoint, point of view, that we probably would not think that she is as blessed as we are in our country. Okay, so let me introduce you to another family. This is the Hadley family, and they live in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado, it's a mother, uh, and her name is Nicole, and her daughter's name is Mary. And uh, Nicole's mid-40s, Mary is 13 years old. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know uh, if she's not able to or chooses not to, but, but Mary uh, is not employed. Uh, and I mean, Nicole's not employed, but Mary, the 13-year-old, uh, has a disability, and so she receives a check from the government uh, for about $604 a month, and that's what they live on. So two people in Denver, Colorado, which is not a cheap place to live, an inexpensive place to live, are living off $604 a month. Uh, and they are living uh, in a one-room kind of apartment uh, in this complex. We've got a picture of this place where they live uh, that's for people who are in transition from homelessness. Uh, and so they live there, uh, and it costs them $580 a month to live there. And they make $604 a month. So do the math. That's $24 a month that they have for discretionary spending. Now, in their rent comes a cafeteria-style dining plan. where So they're eating there. uh, They are sleeping there. They have a shower there. They have a roof over their heads. Um, But anything else they want to do, like buy clothes, go to the movies, have any kind of toys, uh, they have $24 a month. To, to buy that with. And so we got a picture of the nicest pair of shoes that they wear here that, that we can see. Um, and so I'm wondering if, if this 13-year-old girl has social media. Uh, she probably does, but she, she doesn't have a phone, right? The next thing that they're saving up to buy is a phone. You know, what kind of hashtags would she, would she say? Yep, still homeless. Hashtag blessed. I'm still bringing in the money. I don't know if my mom's too lazy or not smart enough to work or just disabled to do that, you know. Hashtag blessed, right? Would we consider these two families blessed? Probably not by the way that we use the word in our culture. So the question then is, well, does God not love them? Does does God not care? God's placed them in this situation in Africa. God's placed them in this situation in Denver. Does God love us more than them? And are we blessed more than than they are? I don't think so. I don't think that's who God is or how God works. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to think that half the world, half the planet of Earth, like all the people on the Earth, um, they live off of less than $2 a day. They don't have health insurance. Most of them don't have a place to live, don't have a lot of food, don't have access to a doctor, don't have clean water. Uh, does God not love them? Are they not blessed? Because right? I, don't, I don't think that's how Jesus operates. So, so what I'm proposing is that, that we have to use the word blessed in a different way. Because I think God loves the family in Africa. I think God loves the family in, in Denver. And I think God is blessing them in ways that God is blessing us. But we just, we see it in a different way. So let's look at the Bible and see what Jesus teaches us. If you've got your Bibles or your tablets or your phones, or you want to look up on the screen behind me. Uh, we're going to be in the New Testament. In the first book of the New Testament, it's called Matthew. Uh, and this guy named Matthew wrote about Jesus. And so uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 2 This is the beginning of a a long speech that Jesus gives, and it's a lot of teaching called the Sermon on the Mount because he's on this mountain and he he teaches. Uh, And this is the very first part, and this is where Jesus teaches us about what blessings really are. So let's look at this, Matthew 5, 1 through 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. 
And his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you. Hey, somebody call me a moron today. Hashtag blessed, right? We don't, we don't put that on there. Blessed are you when people persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil about you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way that they persecuted the prophets who were before you, they persecuted you, right? So the word blessed in the Bible means happy, right? So Jesus is saying, you're happy. We're happy when we're poor in spirit. We're happy when we are crying and mourning. We're happy when we're meek. We're happy when we're hungry for right things to be done. We're happy when we show mercy. We're happy when we're making peace. Uh, We are happy when people insult us because of our faith. We're happy when, when the world bullies us because we are Christians, right? Jesus doesn't say, you're happy because you're self-confident or you're seeking pleasure or you're proud or because you're bragging about yourself or because you're self-righteous or you're, you're, you're revengeful trying to get someone back for what they've done to you. We're, we're not happy because we're competitive or aggressive. We're not happy because we're popular. Jesus says we're happy for reasons that are countercultural. All the times we write hashtag blessed on our Facebook pages or we think in our minds, wow, I really am blessed when the rest of the world's not blessed. Jesus is saying that's not a blessing at all. We're blessed when these things like mourning and grieving and making peace and being insulted, right? That's just crazy. What's Jesus talking about? And what's really powerful about blessings and being blessed, it goes a a deeper level is that we are happy, we are blessed, and it's not based on our external circumstances, right? It's not based on our external circumstances. So, right, like this morning, I went to get in my Jeep and to start the Jeep uh, and didn't work, right? I'm like, I gotta go to church, I gotta go to work, right? And, and so I had to get Laura and the boys up earlier than they were planning on being here, right? And so I'm like, God, you're not blessing me. I, I, I work for you, I, I serve you, and you can't even let my car start, right? Right, give me a break. Right? But then somebody said, well, you're blessed because your wife has a Mazda that works, right? <laughs> so, right, right? So with Jesus, blessings are not about whether the car works or not. It's not about whether we have the nice house or not. It's not about whether we're sick or not, right? Blessings go beyond what our external circumstances are, right? So let's see what that means. Right? So we're going to continue in Matthew's gospel, chapter 13, verses 45 through 46. Again, these are the words of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls, right? Remember the pearl story from John Steinbeck? Here's a pearl story from the Bible. When he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had and he bought it, right? So this guy, he deals in pearls. He knows what pearls are are worth. He sees one that's worth of great value. And he went and he sold everything he had, all of his houses, cars, stuff, whatever. He took all the money that he had and he bought that pearl because he's like, if I get this pearl, man, I am set. I am you know, like Kino in that story, right? right? Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like that. He says it's so valuable that if you really understand what it is, you'll do anything to get the kingdom of heaven. 
right? You'll leave your family, you'll leave your stuff, you'll, you'll, you'll jump off a mountain, you'll, you'll swim the, the, the deepest and widest ocean, right? If you understand, if we understand what the kingdom of heaven is really like, we'll do anything to get there, right? But, but the cool thing about the kingdom of heaven is we don't have to do that because Jesus offers us the kingdom of heaven. He offers it to us for free. And, and in the kingdom of heaven is where we find true blessings. And this is what I mean by that. To be part of the kingdom of heaven is to recognize that God has created us in God's image, which is awesome, which means that there's goodness inside of all of us. It's more than just looking good, which you all look good, and that's a cool part of it, but it's a relationship that the God of the universe wants to be in a loving, personal relationship with us, and so He's created us in His image, and no one can take that from us. Whether we're having a great day or a terrible day, whether we're rich or poor or black or white or or, or we're educated or not, that God loves us and God has created us in His image. And He wants us to be a part of something bigger than who we are, that we can be a part of the kingdom of heaven on earth where where we can be in relationships with people and we we can make the world a better place because God has given us gifts and abilities to do that. That no matter what's happening in our life, that we're never alone that God is with us when, when the surgeries go well and God is with us when the surgery doesn't go well. And God is with us when, when we get married to the woman or the man of our dreams and, and God is with us when the woman or the man of our dreams rips out our hearts and breaks up with us and, and goes off with our best friend, right? The God of the universe loves us and is with us and never leaves us alone. God sent his son Jesus into the world to die on a cross and to come back to life so that you and I can be in a right relationship with God. He loves us that much, right? We're creating God's image, which is good, but we also have the freedom to choose. And sometimes we choose poorly and we, we hurt our relationship with God. God says, I love you anyway. And I'm gonna send my son into the world so that you and I can be restored into a right relationship. If you believe in Jesus and invite him into your life to, to, to be your Lord and Savior, then, then we're gonna be cool, right? And so we have that relationship, you know, that, that Jesus died for us and rose from the dead. No one can take that from us. Right? Whether or not we just lost our job and we're on the street or we're making a million dollars and doing really well with what we do, what's happening on the inside of us is the blessing that we have the kingdom of heaven. We have a relationship with God. We are part of something bigger than who we are. We are created in God's image. We are making a difference in the world. And Jesus died for us and rose from the dead so that we can live life to the full now and forever in the kingdom of heaven. That is a blessing. And that is something that no one can take from us, right? And so when we look at the family in Africa that's making $27 a month and, and they go into the, the woods to use the bathroom and they're going to get water, right? People would look at that and say, they're not blessed, but they are because God loves them just as he loves us. And God gives them the peace and the joy and the meaning that we have when they confess Jesus as Savior. Same thing is true for the family in Denver. They might not have material uh, uh, blessings, as we would say in the world, but they have real blessings. They can have the access to God and the kingdom of heaven that's worth more than anything that we could all combine together. And so the blessings are the things that are within that the external circumstances can't touch. And Jesus says that that we can find happiness and joy even when our circumstances are pretty crappy because God is with us. And that's what blessings are about. So our vocabulary is very important. The first time I went to Haiti on a mission trip, I... I met some people from Haiti who were poor and they knew it and they were angry at the world and they were angry at God and I can't blame them. 
I met some other people in Haiti, some children who were at this school and this church where we were serving, and, and the kids would walk like five or six miles to school, and they, they had one outfit. It was their school uniform, and then they walked back home, and, and their one meal a day is like rice and beans, and, and, and they have no toys. And, and, and some of these children were the happiest people that you would meet because they knew Jesus. They knew that the church and school loved them. They knew that their families loved them, and it was awesome. Then we got on the plane to come back home and there was a couple of American children with their families who'd been in Haiti and I'm sure they'd seen similar things that we'd seen and I'm sure those kids had moved them but all they could do was fight over their iPad. Right, they're flying home and they've just seen kids that, that have nothing and, and all they can do is fight with each other over the iPad. And, you know, I get that and, and I, I do kind of stuff like that but it's just like, wow, right? You know, what, what is the real blessing here? And then one of the members of our mission trip uh, was from our, our church and uh, one of the most wealthy people that I've ever known when it comes to material kind of stuff. And, but, and he's a good guy and he uses his money to, to help you know, feed the Haitians and, and bring water into their village. And, 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 and he's just always so happy and joyful. And, and I'm sure he's glad to have a nice house and nice cars and clothes, but, but his joy and his blessings come from his relationship with Jesus and his relationship with the people of Haiti. And how he's made it a, a better situation, how he's ushered in the kingdom of God there. And, and that's where he feels blessed, right? And so I, th- I would propose that we use the word blessed and blessing in a very reserved way, right? For those, those internal things, those countercultural things that, that God teaches us about. And, and we revere that word. And I think we can use another word for the things in our lives. And I would say grateful, right? I'm grateful that I have a house. I'm grateful that I have a car that works most of the time. I'm grateful that I have food on the table. And I'm, I'm grateful that my kids are in a, a great school and that we have clothes and, and that we have this cool movie theater to come in. It's okay to have things like that. It's okay to be grateful. But I think it's important for us to distinguish what grateful is from blessing. And I think that's, you know, even if we don't hashtag or do social media, it's the way that we view the world. I'm blessed because of my relationship with Jesus. I'm grateful for the things that that I have around me. The people in Africa and the people in Haiti, the people in Denver, Colorado are blessed because of their relationships with God and with each other. And they're grateful that they have roofs over their head. They might not be as fancy as ours, but there's a difference between blessing and grateful. So the big idea today, I, I guess I just would send you home with, is thinking about the distinction between being blessed and being grateful, right? Blessed means to be happy. It means to be happy independent of our external circumstances. And, and the other stuff is, is to be grateful. I had somebody walking out today. It's like, this is good cow. It's good cow. But how do I really apply it to my life? Right? And I think it's about the way we view the world. I am blessed, not because of where I live or what I eat or, or, or what I drive. I'm blessed because God loves me. And God has created me in God's image. God died on a cross for me, and God gives me access to the kingdom of heaven. Because here's the thing. There's a big difference between catching a piece of bacon as it falls out of your sandwich before it hits the ground and the fact that Jesus Christ gave his life on a cross for us. I'm grateful I caught the bacon, but I'm blessed because Jesus died for me. It's a big difference, and I think it's one that we owe to the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.